Welcome to Florida In-Depth with the Tampa Bay Times, produced by the Department of Journalism and Digital Communication at the University of South Florida. Here is your host, Professor Elliot Weiser. Hello, everyone. On this episode, we will tackle one of the more controversial topics in this country, immigration. And we will go beyond the political arguments and humanize the issue by detailing three stories that involve one of the most dangerous places in the world. Helping me to do this is the immigration beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Times, Juan Carlos Chavez. Juan Carlos, thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you so much for the invitation. So you can go back 100 years and read stories about immigrants coming to the U.S. and how this was a political issue even back then. Mm -hmm. So what makes the recent debate about immigration different from past debates? Well, I think that it involves a more diverse set of countries from Latin America, Asia, Africa, and the Middle East, no, compared to early waves of immigration from Europe, for example, during the 20th century. Now the focus is completely different from uh, 20 or 30 years ago. We are talking about border security, enforcement, and the lack of uh, bipartisan effort. No? Another difference is the uh, technology, communication, and transportation that make global movement more accessible. No? And, and, and finally, I think the distinction between illegal and legal immigration no? has also become a major point in recent debates, along, of course, with increasing um, political polarization of immigration. Are we seeing an increase in illegal immigration in the past few years, and if so, why? Oh, yes, absolutely. No questions. So why, why are we seeing that? Well, in the past year, for example, the southwest border has received historic numbers of migrants. No, They say more than 2.5 million people, according to recent reports. Between 2010 and 2021, we're talking about 11 years, the Venezuelan immigrant population increased by 196%, mm. uh, according to the Immigration Policy Institute. That's why, by the way, the Biden administration has resumed deportation flights to, to Venezuela. So again, the answer is yes. Why? In, in my opinion, it depends on several uh, factors, including where they are coming from. No? For example, if we take a look in Central America, I would say that immigration from this uh, region was because of violence, poverty, and natural disasters like hurricanes. No? These realities can force people to flee their home countries in search of safety for them and, and their families. If we analyze the situation in South America um, and countries such as Peru, uh, Brazil, uh, Argentina, and Venezuela in the early uh, 90s, no, we will see a direct link with the uh, status of the economy and politics. No? And in regions and continents like Africa or the Middle East, uh, that's a different picture. No? There is no question that high levels of uh, conflict and civil wars no, have led to increased migration flows. Now the presence of uh, human smuggling networks makes a difference too. 
¿no? Yeah, we'll be talking about them in a couple minutes. Yeah, because now you have social platforms and apps, ¿no? To contact these mafias or coyotes, ¿no? In advance, but also make, um, uh, to make payments and transfers and money in real time from uh, family members already living in the United States. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about when the immigrants arrive in the U.S. What are some of the key challenges that immigrants face when they're coming to the U.S.? Well, uh, many, many uh, multiple challenges. No? First of all, they face um, a language barrier huh? and that can impact their ability to be part of the society and in some cases um, to fully integrate with in their community, no? These uh, challenges differ based on factors like educational background, uh, cultural differences, uh, lack of knowledge about available resources, and even um, race and religion, no? Uh, for example, navigating the uh, healthcare system uh, can be a difficult challenge, no? especially for those who have uh, no insurance or have some health issues. No? Studying a new life involves facing financial challenges, no? like higher uh, housing uh, costs and social isolation because of discrimination. No? Uh, I would say that a, a lack of knowledge about the system can also be uh, a challenge for many immigrants, no? especially newcomers. Um, these challenges can affect every aspect of their lives and, and sometimes can take many years to learn to navigate and to understand. It's a, it's a long pathway and often an overlooked process, basically due to the um, necessity of working and, and taking care uh, of their families. No? Um, by the way, this often in, involves taking jobs that many Americans avoid due to low pay. Yes, and that we can talk, do a whole separate <laughs> podcast on oh, that. Yeah. But I, wa I want to get to an amazing article you recently, recently wrote, and I encourage anyone listening to this podcast, uh, if you have access to the Tampa Bay Times website, to read this article. It's about the Darien Gap. It's one of the most dangerous places in the world for immigrants. Where is it located, and why is it so dangerous? Well, it's a, a jungle located between the borders of Colombia and Panama, no? And about 20 or 25 years ago, it wasn't common to hear people, to hear immigrants talking about this jungle as another route or pathway to the United States border, no? Uh, now smugglers or coyotes charge between 3500 and $4,500 just to cross this jungle, no? Um, most of them say that the journey only takes three days, four days, and it's safe, which is not true, no? Because if you are lucky in the uh, dry season, uh, which runs from December to April, uh, the journey takes about seven days on foot. However, during the rainy season, from May to November, it can take between 10 to 15 days. Even though they say it's three days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this jungle is one of the wettest in the world, with temperatures reaching up to 95, 98 degrees, no? So imagine, it's a, it's a rainforest with dozens of mountains, rivers, and, 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 and cliffs connecting South and Central, Central America. 
it's also one of the most biodiverse areas in the world. No? The uh, wildlife is rich, but at the same time dangerous. No, you can see uh, anacondas. Uh, Pumas, jaguars, poison frogs, and of course, thousands, millions of mosquitoes. Hmm? Uh, but it's also famous because famous because of the absence of um, government authorities. No, so it's the perfect land uh, for gangs and criminals to exploit desperate and desperate people from South America and the Caribbean uh, who cannot obtain visas to Mexico and Central America. No? We're talking about migrant, migrants from Venezuela, from Ecuador, Brazil, Haiti. Um, but over the last two years, there has been an increase of people from countries like China, China Afghanistan, and, and, and India. No? So in 2022, uh, I like numbers, no? More than 250,000 250, immigrants uh, across the Darien, or Darien in Spanish, no? With nearly, nearly two-thirds, or 150,000 being Venezuelans, no? The majority of the others came from Ecuador, Haiti, or Cuba. This year, the number is estimated to reach 400,000. Almost double. Almost, Almost double. double, yeah. In one, in one year. That's amazing. So let's take a break right now. When we come back, Juan Carlos will introduce us to three people who survived passage through the Darien Gap. Their amazing stories are coming up right after the break. Never miss the news that matters. The Tampa Bay Times has the Bay Area's largest newsroom and is your source for reliable reporting. With 14 Pulitzer Prizes recognizing its commitment to the community through high-quality journalism, the Times provides the news you need from the source you can trust. Find local stories, investigative reports, things to do, updates on Florida politics, and more. In print on Wednesdays and Sundays and 24-7 at tampabay.com. Pursue the truth. If you work in the media, communications, or marketing industry, this message is for you. Take your career to the next level by getting your master's degree from one of the top journalism programs in the Southeast. The journalism department at the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg, is offering a master's degree in digital journalism and design. And the best thing about it, you can do the entire program from home. This online curriculum can be completed in as little as one year. The program is professionally accredited and provides students with an informative and practical education taught by well-respected professionals and academics. The cost is reasonable. The experience is invaluable. For more information, please call 727-873-4881. That's 727-873-4881 or go to www.usf.com. Edu slash journalism. And now, back to Florida In-Depth with the Tampa Bay Times. We are talking immigration with Tampa Bay Times reporter Juan Carlos Chavez. Juan Carlos, your amazing story about the Darien Gap detailed the plight of three people who survived the trip. And I want you to share their stories. Let's, let's begin with Erlinda Mendoza, who said she saw death in Darien. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, Erlinda is a very kind and generous woman who um, I met through a, a Venezuelan friend 
who has lived in Tampa for for a long time. No? Erlinda is a hardworking woman, a good mother, and a great cook. Huh? One of her dreams was to own a, a restaurant in Venezuela, but she only managed to work as an assistant cook at a local hospital in the city of Maracaibo in Venezuela. Mendoza, who, Linda Mendoza, who is 56, said that she saw that on one occasion, no? a day after she was rescued from the mat by her, by her adult son. She was uh, the one who said that sur surviving the Darien had been a, a miracle, no? and I certainly believe that. Why Erlinda is a, is an overweight woman, to be honest, and suffered from high blood pressure. No, so I think that, but I think that her bravery and love for her family were stronger, uh, helping her to to complete the journey. No, she left Venezuela in May uh, 2022, yeah, and uh, weeks after she she met her son in Ecuador. No, they crossed the jungle in June, and surprisingly, it's just eight to ten days mm. to do it. No? Is she is she fell into a hole? Right. Yeah, and, the, the and she was stuck for for at least two or three hours. No, and they were trying to help this woman. That it was it, it's just a common thing. And it wasn't just a, it was a mud hole, mud hole, and just surrounded. Yeah, by that mud. is like a salmon. Yeah, it's you know? frightening. Frightening. It is. So let's let's um, let's and each story is it gets scarier and scarier. So let's talk about Marcus Cedeno came from Ecuador after he fled from Venezuela. He, like many immigrants trying to come to the U.S., had problems with the coyotes who were paid to guide him. Tell us the story. Yeah, Incredible. Marco Sedeno. He, he, he was the guy that always think to be, he wants to be a politician in Venezuela. He's a kind of a That's not an easy job. negotiator. <laughs> no, no, no. But his experience is an, an illustration of the challenges faced by, by many immigrants. No, I think that he paid three or four times to different coyotes to cross the, the, the jungle and spend all, all her savings for sure. No? He left Venezuela because of inflation and low salaries, as, as we know. He was a government employee in Maracaibo and then in Caracas, the capital of Venezuela. Four years ago, he moved to, to Ecuador. In Ecuador, he, sur he survived by working off jobs no? and eventually started his own business as a street vendor, uh, selling some organic products and, and, and ice cream no? for 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 years, so he saved enough enough money to to leave Ecuador as the economic situation gets worse. No, so but it's it's fun. But after the uh, the story was published, I, I realized that he called me and he said that he has an adult daughter in, in living in Florida. No, so they don't live together, of course, because she's married. But they are happy to to be reunited. Um, as I mentioned in my stories, I did not reach the southern border uh, after three weeks. No, and applied for asylum, which allows him to live uh, and work in 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 the country. No, he is now an an assistant uh, apprentice, uh, electrician for a construction company in Tampa, making twenty seven dollars. Uh, an hour. That's not bad for uh, a newcomer, no? So you mentioned that he paid 
three or four different coyotes. Four different coyotes. Is this, is this normal where you pay someone and they don't come through? Yeah, because, yeah, it is. It is normal. They said, oh, I will be your guide the whole journey, but uh, it's not true. It's just portions portion of this 70 miles jungle, no? So when you um, think that, okay, I will spend no more than $2,000, probably it can be 3000 or 4000 It depends on your situation, no? Incredible. The final person we want to talk about is Elba Fernandez. The Cuban. Yes. She remembers the Darien Pass journey as, quote, a horror movie. Yes, correct. Well, Elba had no idea she was a mom pregnant huh, with her second child, wow. Jordan, when she crossed the Yangon in 2016. No? She, along with uh, her husband and, and sister, moved to Ecuador after leaving Cuba. No? Uh, at that time, Cubans didn't uh, need a visa to enter Ecuador. No? So Elba didn't uh, spare her journey through the Darien to take nearly two weeks, no? She told me that each of them paid 1200 to a Colombian coyote uh, uh, who promised to guide and assist them the whole, the whole journey. But they ended up being uh, tricked and found themselves stuck in the middle of in the jungle for many uh, at least uh, I, I say at least two or three days no everybody didn't have proper uh, shoes or boots for walking in the jungle no um, when they crossed the river she told me that they later developed uh, skin infections mm -hmm. no? so they didn't have enough food no? for many days and just Grand River water. Surviving under these conditions was a, was a miracle, but it was a, a horror movie, uh, she said, no? They hiked over several hills, including one known as um, the Hill of Death, no? Following other groups trying to make their way through. Uh, the most um, heartbreaking uh, m moment for, for Elba was seeing a Haitian mother lost her uh, lost her five year old son, who was swept away by by the river. No, mm. the mother was holding her other baby and apparently lost her her balance. No, Elba now lives in Brandon uh, with her family. Everyone in the family uh, supports each other and and they manage their their bills together. No. She's happy living in Florida, but feels that crossing through the jungle was a, was a big risk that she doesn't recommend. These are chilling stories, really incredible stories. So let me ask you, let, let's get to policy for a second. To help improve conditions in the countries that the migrants are fleeing so they don't have to go through the Darien. Yeah. Gap. The Biden administration has announced a plan to support economic opportunities in Central America. Correct. Do yeah. you think that's going to help? Well, this is not the first time that you know our government tried to 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 improve the the condition of uh, people in Central America and South America. But I think that uh, will depend on different factors, no, including its implementations and ability to complement other other efforts to tackle issues like violence, political uh, instability, and corruption. No? But this is, doesn't sound like a short-term fix. No, no, no. It will take years. And, and it's just one component of a 
complex challenge, no? It's a, it's a step in the right direction, I would say, but we need the uh, coordination and uh, commitment of many governments in Latin America to open uh, real opportunities in the region and to address other uh, problems that affect the development of these countries, such as corruption and crime. You, you've been covering immigration for quite a while, Juan Carlos. Is, it, in the political world, people want to say, say there has to be a short-term fix. So they, is there a short-term fix? It is, it is not. There's no short-term fix. <laughs> there is no short-term <laughs> policy, no. Because we, uh, we are seeing this problem for many years, as I said, no? Uh, probably is the 70s, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. One, one more question. Um, this this is a very difficult beat to cover because it it has to be challenging to get people to talk to you. Talk about that a little. Yes, it is it is a challenge because you have to earn the trust of these people so that they can share their experiences, dreams and and personal testimony, you know, gaining access to someone's uh, home and asking them questions about their legal status, for example, or marital life is, is not an easy, easy task, no? I, I usually share my, my own uh, experiences as a journalist and, and immigrants, no? Uh, who knows and understands what it's like to move to another country, leave friends and, and family. It's a, it's a process that can take many, many hours or days, no? But certainly it's not a, it's not a quick approach because most of the day these people work more than 12 hours. Huh? So many times I had to to do my work on and during the evenings or uh, on my weekends, but I like it, and I think that I'm doing something and uh, relevant for for our community. Juan Carlos, thank you for joining us today and sharing these amazing stories. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. For our audience, we will be taking the next month off. As you know, this podcast is produced at the University of South Florida. And we close down for the winter break. We will be back at the end of January with all new episodes, so please join us then. Meanwhile, please share this podcast with your friends and family. Until next time, I'm Elliot Weiser. Thank you for listening to Florida In-Depth with the Tampa Bay Times. The podcast is produced by the Department of Journalism and Digital Communication at the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg. Executive producers are Elliot Weiser and Carolyn Fox. Our director is Christopher Campbell. Producers are Michael Van Sickler, Jenna Duncan, Kelsey Forrester, Jordan Kalasian, and Alex Logue. Production assistant is Lauren McHugh. And a special thank you to Mark Katchis at the Tampa Bay Times and at USF St. Petersburg. Thank you to Dr. Mark Walters and Dr. Casey Frechette. Until next time, I'm Elliot Weiser.